I'm Stephen Adams. This is Down to Doug. I'm, I'm miffed and peeved. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of CLNS Media, DailyThunder.com, and feature on Dash Radio at 5 o'clock Central Time. With me today is my good friend, Alex Spears. Alex, what's up? What's up, Andrew? Uh, just hanging out, man, here in OKC, 7.33 a.m. God, this summer, <laughs> never ending. Jeez. August 28th. We're almost there. Twitter's just there. getting worse and worse. I know. We I just, just want it to be basketball season. We should have chicken sandwiches to talk about right now. And that's it. Uh, at least we get we do get college football this weekend. That'll be something different to talk that's about. That's true. That's true. Oh, man. But it's been rough. <laughs> college football is just like the holdover for the NBA season. It's like, yeah. okay, I'm going to pretend to care about this for about two weeks, and then I can be done. Uh, okay, no Thunder news that I'm aware of. Is there anything? Nothing. No. Zero. The zero. team took took they took the week off. <laughs> they did. They put out no news. Sam Vecini did his uh under was it under twenty three rankings or under twenty five rankings? Whatever it is. Uh yeah, I think it's twenty five under twenty five. Yeah. And so he did so he has Shea at nineteen, which is pretty oh. cool. All right. Have you listened about, to it yet? Uh, no, I haven't. What about Baisley? Where do you put him? <laughs> well, he ha- he's only gone to 19. Oh, okay. No, he's only gone to 17. So I'm predicting Baisley's maybe around 12. Okay, okay, yeah. good. I'll have to tune in. <laughs> right. No, it's, it is kind of cool <clears throat> for them to have like an elite young player again. Yeah, for sure. So, But that's it. That's all we got. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think we'll – are we going to start with the Spurs? Yeah, so we're gonna skip the thunder in our in our over unders because we're gonna we'll do them last. I'm sure everyone's just waiting on the edge of their seat to find out if we think that the thunder are gonna win more <laughs> or less than 31 to 33 games. I don't even know what the over under is. You're gonna have to hold off. You're gonna have to wait at least one more week for us. To at talk least, about probably two weeks. We'll see. <laughs> uh, but today. So we're going to go on to the San Antonio Spurs, who last year were 48 and 34, seventh in the Western Conference. They're over under going into this season 46 and a half. Key additions to Mari Carroll, Trey Lyles, Luca, how do you say his last name? Samanich. Samanich and Keldon Johnson. Key losses Pau Gasol, Dante Cunningham, Davis Bertans. And I, I would throw in Marcus Morris. He was never technically a spur, but that <laughs> is kind of a big loss for them. It's a big loss. It's the Alec Burks Memorial offseason loss. Yeah, yeah. That was a rough one for them. So, you know, the biggest thing is that they're getting DeJounte Murray back. It's big. Absolute biggest thing. And it's it's hard. it might be hard to remember, but only two years ago, he was a rookie and was good enough for people to put him on the second team all defense, mm-hmm. which is pretty amazing. Um, and that brings me to my none, one, or both, Andrew. DeJounte Murray, in his first season back, is going to make the first team all defense. Mm-hmm. Second scenario, any spur makes the all-star game. Oh. I'm going to say None. None. <laughs> that's some, that, that's probably wishful thinking, Andrew. 
There always has to be a spur. I know. I know. They're gonna. They'll be good. So, who would your? I mean, Lamarcus, Demar. Uh, yeah, <laughs> one of those guys. One of those guys. We'll get to see them again. I mean, if we're lucky, it's uh, Dejounte or Derek White as their all star. If we're lucky, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Derek White. Yeah, well, maybe. D- uh, why are you why are you slandering Derek White right now? No, I'm not. He's my NBA smart guy, and I I <laughs> give you all smart guy <laughs> because no one cared or knew about him before you started going on about him uh, around <laughs> that 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 draft year. <laughs> and then I don't even know. Did he have a good season last year? Outside of the. Was it was it last? I'm already losing last year's playoffs. Yeah. yeah, last year's playoffs was yeah. when everyone noticed him for the first time. Yeah, yeah, he was he played really well for them. But did he have a good season, or did he really come on like at the end of that season? No, he had a good season. Let me look oh, up his okay. stats. No, he was good. Uh, he was legitimately good last year. Well, I, I knew he was good in the playoffs. Um, this is kind of interesting. So I don't I don't know if. The, there's a team in the NBA with a more drastic gap between their old guys and young guys. Mm-hmm. So if you remove every player on the Spurs roster who's been in the league at least a decade, okay, a decade, they've been playing 10 years, that's six players. The remaining nine players on the roster have an average of 1.6 years of NBA experience. <laughs> that's kind of crazy. It's it's wild. There's like nobody between five years experience and ten years experience. You're you're on one of those two extremes, and all of the guys who are older are all going to be off of the roster within two seasons. Outside of Damari Carroll, he has one extra season. So I'm wondering if this, if like looking ahead, two seasons is what we have left of Pop. Yeah, maybe so. You know what this is? This is a stealth Spurs rebuild. Is what this is. It is. It is like they're super young. They just have all these, you know, like Lamarcus and Demar and Rudy Gay yep. and Damari Carroll. But yeah, other than that, it's just all young guys. Okay, Derek White's stats: ten points, almost four assists, almost four rebounds per game. Oh, that's pretty good. A little fantasy into your bench player. Yeah, almost thirty-four percent from three, forty-seven percent overall. He's he's pretty good in 25 minutes a game. So now some trivia: Who had the best net rating on the Spurs last season? Hmm. With a plus 10.5. Wow. Is it Demar? <laughs> no. In fact, <laughs> I didn't do it because I didn't care that much. But I'm pretty sure he's never had a positive net rating. Is on that any true? Team. Well, I should have just. <laughs> I might have just made it up. I'm going to look that up while we talk. Uh, I need to know that. That will be Taylor's stat of his life, if that's true. Well, the thing is, even if it is true, I feel like I heard that somewhere. Even if it is true, the weird thing about DeMar is that he's always been on teams with really good benches. Yeah. Or really deep benches. Uh, That is such a a lame excuse for being a a player that has a negative net rating his entire career. Don't you think? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm trying to explain it. I mean, this is a guy who's been an all-star. Yeah. Multiple times. Um, I'm going, I'm already six seasons back, Andrew, and it's still all negative. Now, he has had some that are close, like a negative 0.4 and a negative 0.8, but I have not seen 
A plus. <laughs> oh my gosh, is this true, Andrew? Has Demar? I only have three seasons left. It's got to be true. Oh, he had one 2011-2012, his third season in the league. He was a plus 3.9. That's too bad. That's wow, too bad. That would have been that would have been a great stat. <laughs> well, hey, you could also say DeMar DeRozan's only had a positive net rating once, once. Yeah. in his career because I just went through all the rest of them. That was it. Yeah. You got you can and you can emphasize once when you say once. It. Uh Here's my question for you, though. What is the Spurs' best five-man lineup? Like, what do you think their closing lineup will be? Uh, LaMarcus, Rudy Gay, uh, DeMar, Patty Mills, and Derek White? Uh, Wait, where's DeJounte? I don't know. Like, I don't know how good DeJounte Murray is. That's just a question. I think DeJounte Uh, Murray is actually the smart guy. Because we've seen Derek White play and play well in the playoffs. When have, what have we seen from uh, DeJounte? Apparently enough to make him second team all defense. Smart guy. He's a smart guy. Um, okay, so 48 and 34 last year, 46 and a half this year. So they'd have to win at least 47 games to hit the over. How are you feeling about the Spurs? God, this is like this is one of the most Spurs teams ever. Like they they got Trey Lyles on their team. He's such a Spurs guy. I don't know if he's any good. Um, I have no idea. I'm gonna say I'll say over, just slightly over, just because they always outperform what they're supposed to, and they're getting Dejounte Murray back. You get Derek White, some experience with Team USA, which I think is a good thing for him. Uh, I think Damari Carroll will be fine for them. You got Patty so you Mills. Patty Mills looking like an all-star against Team USA the other day. You think they'll be able to survive without Davis? I think they can survive without Davis, yes. Davis is good. Yeah. I mean, he's legitimately good. Uh, but I think they'll be I'll think they'll be fine. I like Lucas Samanich, too. I don't think he plays a whole lot this year. But he's a guy that in like the next three years, I'm like, how did, how did the Spurs get that guy? Like, who's who is that? I feel like he's going to be one of those guys. Um, I uh, yeah, I'm going to go over as well because I do feel like if you're choosing them for 45 wins, now you're questioning whether they're going to make the playoffs. Because it's hard to see a Western Conference team. I mean, the last few years, I feel like 48 has kind of been what you need to get in the playoffs, and I think the Spurs are going to make the playoffs. And I like DeJounte Murray, and I don't know why. Moving on. <laughs> I know. And they've got okay. like they've got a ton of rotation guys. Like DeRozan, Aldridge, Gay, Mills, Carroll, Bellinelli, Pirtle, uh, Bryn Forbes, Lonnie Walker, uh, DeJounte Murray, Derek White. Like, all those guys would be in pretty much any rotation. Yeah, that's a lot of guys. Yeah, and, they, and they, the guys they got rid of outside of Davis, like, Pal Gasol, it's probably good that he's not on their team anymore. Yeah. I don't know if he was helping that much. And Dante Cunningham, I mean, he, is, is Trey Lyles worse than Dante Cunningham? I don't know. Is Con- has, when has Dante Cunningham ever mattered to a team? Uh, one time on the Pelicans, I remember him mattering. Yeah, was okay. it? <laughs> we can we stop talking about, about Dante Cunningham. <laughs> uh, moving on to the Los Angeles 
Clippers, 48-34, eighth in the Western Conference last year. They're over under this year, 54 and a half. Their key additions, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Mo Harkless, Mafandu Kabangeli. When did they get him? They just draft. draft him? Yeah. Yeah, they just draft him. Did you did you ever listen to the uh, dunked on where he, he said Kabangeli wrong no. uh, ten, t- 10 times in a row in the span of two minutes? No. He just kept repeating it, trying to say it right. It was great. Was it, da- was it Danny or, or Nate? No, it was Nate. Okay, that's... It's probably worth a listen. Uh, Patrick Patterson, key addition. Don't forget him. He's the Paul George whisperer. (laughs) People are saying it. Uh, Key losses, Shea, Gilgis, Alexander, 19th best player in the world. (laughs) Danilo Gallinari and Avery Bradley. This team, 54 and a half, again, tied with the Jazz and the Rockets for the highest over-under. Last year they won 48 with a team that a lot of people just assumed would fall apart, especially after uh, Tobias Harris was traded. Mm-hmm. I mean, it all comes down to – well, you, you feel like it would all come down to health, although, I mean, they were decent last year. Although, losing Shea and Danilo, I mean, those were two key pieces they're, of their rotation. They're very good, and one of the reasons why people thought they would fall apart is they – people don't know how good Gallinari was last year. I've been – Looking into the numbers with McKelly, and it's like this guy was one of the best, one of the like ten best offensive players in the league last year, and nobody yeah. knows. And we, we do now. <laughs> we do now. He's so good he was. He was in the ninetieth percentile in almost every offensive category when it comes to scoring. That's pretty good. Yeah, I mean it was insane. Uh, so I I just think people just didn't understand how good he was, and Shea stepped up, and Shamit was really good for them, and Lou Williams was awesome for them, and was able to take a lot of possessions. So, yeah, I'm going under for them. I think they under. Could, I think they could win 52, 53 games. I may even look like an idiot, but to me, like Paul George is going to miss a lot of time. Kawhi said that he's going to play more than he did last year, but they're going to rest him, right? Yeah, I mean, it sounds like that's the plan for Kawhi for the rest of his career. Yeah. He'll play, you know, 60 to 65 games. Yeah, and, I mean, Lou Williams is 32, which seems impossible. Like, I would, could have sworn he would be a lot older than that. <laughs> but You know, I didn't realize, I have, I have a lot of stats on Lou Williams, but I didn't realize that he uh, he was a prep-to-pro guy. Oh yeah, I'd forgotten about that. To to your Sixers, man. I know. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know. Like, I just. I'm. Most of this is based on like I just don't think Paul George is going to play for like the first several weeks of the season, and I think that's that's going to be tough. And then like my NBA smart guy take is that the the Clippers don't have enough interior defense. Oh, see, my NBA smart guy take for the Clippers is people never sh- shutting up about the Zubats trade. <laughs> the Lakers just gave Zubats away. They just gave him away, Andrew. They called the Clippers and said, hey, do you want Zubats? And Jerry West was like, uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> That's so true. People freak out about that trade. They love the Zubats trade. Um, none, one, or both, Andrew. OKC booze Paul George when he returns to Chesapeake Arena. Okay. 
Scenario two, OKC boos Patrick Beverly when he inevitably dives at Shea's knees. <laughs> it does feel a little inevitable. Um, I think Basically, that, do you think people boo Paul George? What? So what percentage do we have to say that of the crowd that boos to where we say OKC booed him? Like on watching it on a television or an illegal stream, you can hear the booing when they make his player introduction. Mm. It's noticeable. You'll hear it. Yeah. I think you'll hear it. I think people will You don't boo. think the Thunder fans are uh, are smart enough to realize the haul we got back for him <laughs> with all our assets. Um I think by the time they play them at home, it's gonna sink in that this team is not as good as they could have been with Paul George. Really? You don't think there's going to be a bunch of signs in the crowd that say, thank you for all the assets, Paul. <laughs> Thanks for the picks, Paul. Um, I don't know. Thank you for the f- flexibility going forward, <laughs> Mr. George. <laughs> I don't think so. Hmm. I still think people would prefer to have Paul George. Okay, here's some trivia for you, Andrew. You're talking about Lou Williams. How many teams has Lou Williams played on, and can you name them all? Oh, man. He's played for Philly. He's played for the Raptors. He's played Correct. for the Clippers. He's played for yes. the Rockets. He's played for the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. There's got to be another team in there somewhere. I'm going to say six, There is another team. Six teams? It is six teams. The only one you're missing, where did he go? Where did he first sign as a free agent after leaving Philly? It was with the... Atlanta Hawks. Yeah, I totally forgot about that. Yeah. So as I was doing research, I found out that Lou Williams is the all-time leading scorer in Georgia State High School basketball history. Wow. Now, this is according to MaxPreps.com. MaxPreps.com. Now, Wikipedia says that he's second all-time, but they don't say who was first, and I can't find any (laughs) other website that says anyone else was first. So I'm saying Lou was first. I'm, I'm trusting maxpreps.com. <laughs> now, Andrew, there are 50 men who hold the title of all-time leading basketball scorer in their state's high school history. How many of these 50 were either drafted or played in the NBA? Ooh, interesting. Uh, 12. Ooh. Woo! That, that could be right. It's not. Uh, the correct answer. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? The correct answer is nine. Okay. I don't know why I had eleven there, but then I looked at the list and I was like, that doesn't look like eleven people. No, oh, okay. it's nine. <laughs> okay. So real quick, I'll run off a few you've never probably heard of. Demarcus Nelson holds the record for California, played twelve games with the Warriors. Rodney Moore holds a record for Mississippi, played thirty-eight games in the NBA. Gary Hill, back in the 60s from Utah, played 79 games in the NBA. Here are the interesting ones. John Diebler. Do you remember him? Yeah. <laughs> so he was drafted. He, he holds the record for Ohio. Drafted in the second round of 2011. Remember that year. 2011, second round. Never played a game in the NBA, but his draft rights were traded last year in the Carmelo to Chicago trade. <laughs> Eight years later. That's wild. Yes, because he's been playing overseas. And then the four that 
you are probably more likely to know. Dewan Wagner. Yeah. From New Jersey, played 103 games in the NBA. He was a lottery pick. He played for Memphis, right? Like the University of Memphis College. I think, I think. Did he go to college? Did he not? I thought he did. I don't know that Dewan Wagner went to college. Well, how Maybe. did I like him so much? I remember being a big Dewan Wagner fan. A big Cavs fan back in the day? No, not at all. <laughs> no, yeah, he, he played with Memphis. Oh, he did? Okay. Yeah. He played one season. He was very good. Um, okay, and then the last three, Kevin Love yep. holds the record for Oregon. Kobe White, recently oh. drafted by the Bulls, holds the record for North Carolina. Wow. And then the, the most surprising one to me, holding the record in Kansas, Semi Ojale. Interesting. Yeah. Now, uh, do you know who holds Oklahoma's all-time scoring leader in high school basketball? Oh man, I honestly is it? It's not Trey, is it? Uh, no, it's Rodney Clark. Remember him? <laughs> yeah, he, he played. Th- he played for Arkansas. Yeah, his first name is spelled R O T N E I. Yeah, Rodney. <laughs> that guy. Now the all-time high school basketball leading scorer is from Louisiana. His name is uh, Demond Tweedy Carter, nicknamed Tweedy, from Reserve. Christian Academy scored over 7,400 points in his career. The problem, Andrew, he played six years of high school basketball. How does that work? He started. He started playing on varsity team in seventh grade. That does not so count. I feel like that. Yeah, I don't think that counts either. But you look it up anywhere, and that's who everyone says is the leading scorer. Yeah, there's no way that counts. Uh, okay, with the Clippers, I think I'm going to go over. Okay, um, I, I'm taking the over on health. Basically, I think if Paul George and Kawhi Leonard both play at least 60 to 65 games, that's going to be enough for this team to win at least 55. Yeah. I mean, that that could definitely be the case. I just am not – I don't know. I, I, I think that it could be December. I mean, we've talked about that. Like, I can't say that for the Thunder and then not say it for the Clippers, you know? Right. Like, if he doesn't play until, like, the end of – till Christmas, basically – I think it's just going to be really hard. I'm holding my one-year-old, if you can't tell. <laughs> Hi, buddy. Um, yeah, I I don't know. And if, if that's true, I just think it's going to be really difficult <laughs> for that to happen. Um, and also, I do think that the center position matters quite a bit when it comes to defense. And who who is going to be their interior defense? Because they don't have a lot of big guys. Like, Montrezl Harrell is not that big of a player. So I, I worry about that a little bit for them. And we yeah. all know that Patrick Patterson is not going to be a helpful player for them. Like, we know that. Mm, I wonder if Clippers fans are talking themselves into Patrick they Patterson. They have right to. Now. Who who has not received Patrick Patterson onto their team and then and then eventually said, he's you know what, I really think he could give us a good 10 to 15 minutes a game. Yeah, yeah. Okay, ready to move on to the Sacramento Kings. They were 39 and 43 last year, ninth in the Western Conference. Their over under is 38. Key additions Dwayne Dedman, Trevor Ariza, Tyler Lydon, who I feel like we talk about every week. How does he end up in every conversation? <laughs> and, Kyle <laughs> yeah, Kyle uh, and Kyle Guy. Kyle Guy. And Kyle Guy. Key losses Willie Cauley Stein is basically it. Um, 
quick trivia question, Andrew. Where does Buddy Heald rank all time in Sacramento Kings history for three pointers made? Oh, that's a good question. It's got to be really high. Like he's all, now he's only been with them for what three seasons? Two I know. Seasons? I just I'm thinking about like volume though. Maybe second. So he ranks fourth. Okay. But that leads me into my none, one, or both. First scenario, Buddy Heald hits 300 threes this season. Oh, now, he shoot. had 278 last year, which, by the way, was seventh all-time in NBA history. He wow. Buddy Heald has hit more threes than Clay Thompson has ever hit in a season, which wow. is wild to me. Now, 300 is a lot, though. 300 has only been done four, four times in NBA history. Two of them were last year. Three of them are held by Steph Curry. The other one, James Harden, last year. But he's close. Like, he's 22 away. And Buddy Heald would crack that elite group. He took 653s last year. (laughs) It's crazy. Uh, And then my – yeah, so he's going to – yeah, he'll be a top three Sacramento Kings. He's he's right over 500 threes made. And uh, Peja – hit over a thousand so it'll be like at least two seasons mm-hmm. but he'll be the number one three-point shooter in sacramento king's history in like a f- four years of time mm-hmm. um my second scenario buddy healed is extended before the season so he is up for extension and uh people don't know what he's gonna make but he's going into this fabled 2020 free agency class yeah People think he could make a lot of money. So, none one or both, Andrew. Buddy Heald hits 300 threes this season. Buddy Heald is extended before the season. I think he'll make 300 threes. I don't think he'll be extended. I, I don't think... I mean, if, if I were his agent, I would say, listen, dude. Like, you've played in almost every NBA game you could have. And you shot... The last three seasons, you've shot 42%. 43%, 42% from three on a high volume. You shot almost eight threes a game, and you almost hit 43% of them. You scored 20 points a game, five boards, two and a half assists. We're going to make sure that you get the max. <laughs> you know, like we're right. going to make sure of that. Because how many guys have done that? I think un- I think he's completely underrated. Um, and I think part of it is that like people like to make jokes about how old he is, you know. It's like yeah. he's 26 years old. Well, do you really want to give him a max? Because when he's done with the max, he's going to get to this number, and then he's going to get like who cares? Like the dude shoots 43 percent on eight threes a game. Yeah, I mean that's massively valuable to your team if you want to win. Like if, who else? I mean, there's not a lot of guys that you probably want next to De'Aaron Fox, right? That's a that's a younger player. That's going to be like his guy. That's going to be playing with him out on the wing. I mean that's. That's big time, but he's really, really good. And yeah, he's older than a lot of the guys in his rookie class. He's older than Bradley Beal. Like I get it, but he's super good. <laughs> um, so my NBA smart guy, you know, Dwayne Dedman is probably on the Mount Rushmore of NBA smart guys going back past couple seasons. No doubt, he's up there with Pascal. I'm trying to think who else would be on the. I might even throw one show up there. Oh, yeah. He's a lesser-known name, but he deserves to be on Mount Rushmore. Um, but, yeah, looking at this over-under, 
So they basically just have to win the exact same number of games they won last season. That's it. That's all they have to do to hit the over. Mm-hmm. They objectively got better. Like I think Dwayne Dedman, even if you think he's a smart guy, even if you're not sure how good he is, I think he's probably better than Willie Cauley-Stein. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he can shoot threes and is willing to shoot threes is huge for them huge. because they have so many big guys that they need playing time and that aren't really shooting threes yet. So like Harry Giles getting uh, Marvin Bagley, just having someone, another big guy there who's not going to clog the paint, which is a lot of what Willie Cauley-Stein did. Trevor Reza, who I have no idea if he's going to be valuable for them or not, but they needed another big wing because I don't really like Justin Jackson. Yeah. So overall, I like their team better. Everyone's a year older. They, But I feel like there's a ton of pressure on them. Like, not Not just to hit this over, but it feels like there's a lot of pressure for them to make the playoffs this year. They got a new coach coming in with Luke Walton. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go over, but I'm a little worried that this could be like a sophomore slump for the Kings. It could be. I, Even though there's nothing suggesting it will be. Like everything points to them being better. Mm-hmm. I mean, adding Ariza, Corey Joseph, Dwayne Dedman to oh, what yeah, they I had. Oh, yeah, Corey Joseph. Yeah. yeah, like that's those are good. That's a great backup for De'Aaron Fox. And he can even play him next to him. And I think Buddy Heald is going to be great. I think Darren Fox is going to be great. Um, you know, you get to see, like, what do we get out of Harry Giles? There's there's a lot of good players. I mean, Harrison Barnes is not probably worth his deal. But he's a guy that can score and can defend. And that's great. And people have been raving about the summer that Marvin Bagley's had. And also Bogdan Bogdanovich. Like, yeah. They've got... They've got good players. Bealita is a good player, like a guy that's going to hit shots. They've got enough guys. I'm just, I just think that like this is just another team that it, it really sucks that they're in the Western Conference. Oh, for if, sure. If this is in the East, like it's a no-brainer. They're in the they're in the playoffs. It's just an absolute no-brainer to me. I'd pick them to be in the playoffs. In the Western Conference, I don't think they're going to make it, and that's not their fault because they built this team in a really good way. They've got good young players. And Fox and Heald and Bagley, and they've got veterans around them: Corey Joseph, Ariza, Deadman, and Barnes. Like all guys that have been in like decent winning, you know, organizations before, and so that helps them. But I just think that this is not the year to try to make a playoff push when you're a fringe team, just because there's just not enough spots. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, it's also really hard to take the under because. Because the over-under is not a half point, like it's not 38 and a half, mm-hmm. like even if they hit 38, you'll still push. So that means that they would have to only win 37 games. I just feel like this team, this roster is better than that. Yeah. I think so they I win. have to go over. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying over too. I think they're a 500 team in yeah, the West. I think, and I think that would be good for them. That's a good step forward. And it's just what sucks is like when – and this is kind of where – you start to look at the Thunder situation and say, it's it's not the worst thing in the world to be taking a step back now. Because like, right. like the Warriors are gonna still gonna be good for several years. The Nuggets are gonna be good for a long time. Blazers, the Rockets are a team that could be in the next three or four years that aren't great anymore, but they're still gonna be in it for a long time. The Jazz will be in it for a long time. The Spurs will never die. Like you just I'm not gonna count on the Spurs dying. Clippers, the Clippers could be like a flash in the pan, great team that they're good for like these two years and then 
Something happens to Laquan Paul George, but you don't count on that. The Lakers have Anthony Davis. The Timberwolves have their young guys. The Pelicans have their young guys. The Mavericks probably won't make the playoffs, but you expect them to be a playoff team in the next two years. You know, like This is just a tough time in the Western Conference to try to be good. And so if you're the Thunder and you're trying to be good in the next four years, you know, three years, like it's not the worst position to be in just because like just to get into the playoffs is going to be such a struggle for these teams that haven't been able to do it, like the Kings and Timberwolves and Pelicans and Mavericks. Like I think all their fan bases probably have some optimism for the playoffs today, but the truth is probably none of them will make it. Yeah. Man, looking forward, and this is our next team, the Los Angeles Lakers, 37-45. Last year, 10th in the Western Conference. They're wanna, over under this do we, do we want to do the Lakers today? Because I don't want to rush them. You don't, We don't have to. Let's let's hold off because I don't want to rush the Lakers. Because I want to. I mean, I think that this team is very interesting. And okay. I've, and I've got five minutes. Okay. Well, I was just going to say about the Lakers long term. Yeah. I mean, we can already see the end of LeBron's career. It's probably going to be you know in the next four years, maybe five <laughs> I mean, years. I mean, four I mean, years is like. I mean, how old? 40? I mean, yeah, it'd be forty. I mean, it's got to be the next two years where we see a pretty steep decline, right? Yeah, and mainly my point is, like, what does this team look like after LeBron? I don't know. Like, hopefully for them, they'll still have Anthony Davis. They still have to re-sign him next year. Yeah. But all their guys, I mean, they lost all their young guys, but they also lost all of their picks going forward. I know. It's. I just, <laughs> it's scary. It, it is scary. If they can get Anthony Davis to re-sign, like they're going to be fine. Like you don't have to worry about him. But that's a, that's a big if. And also, like, what deal does he sign? Does he sign a four-year deal? Does he sign a two-year deal? You know, if he does, you know what Kawhi did, and it's like, all right, cool, I'm going to commit to the Lakers, parade for everybody, and I'm committing for two years. Like what? Like <laughs> two years? That's it? Like yeah. two years in the NBA goes fast, as we know. Like the last two years with the Thunder went fast and it felt like you have and for the thunder i mean we thought this when paul george resigned we thought okay we've got the the future locked up for the thunder for the next several years it's like nope like things change fast and even if he does commit to four years and then let's say lebron retires in two years is is that team are they going to be able to build something around them that's good enough for anthony davis i mean i don't know the answer to that yeah I yeah, I would be so terrified if I was a Lakers fan just because they put up with so much over the past few seasons. Yeah. They bought into this charade of a young team they were supposed to get excited <laughs> about. And then all of those guys are gone now. And now it's like, well, you have maybe a two-year window to win a title. Good luck. Yeah, I mean, that's it. That's That's the window. And what would be crazy and could actually happen is if like a team like the Nuggets knock them out of the playoffs. <laughs> you know, like this team that's been building for years slowly and you know, getting this team culture and the Lakers are like, oh we got the big and it would be very like almost Thunder esque, right? To where like yeah. we've got these big names and we got the star power and we've got the billboards and we've got like these cool pictures of our guys together and it feels so good. And then like you get to the playoffs you're like, oh well, this team has way more depth than us and is a lot better than we are because <laughs> they just play a better brand of basketball. Um, 
I don't know. Like I, I mean, something like that could happen. I mean, you, you doubt it because LeBron is a guy that has just been a winner when he gets to the playoffs. But we haven't seen it in a while. And I think it's it's going to be interesting to me to see. Like the West playoffs, the Thunder aren't going to be a part of it or most likely won't be a part of it. But still, like you could have the Lakers and the Nuggets or the Lakers and the Rockets in the first round. You know? Yeah. Like if you had Lakers Rockets first round, like today, who are you picking? Lakers Rockets, I would take well, gosh, man, that's the I was gonna just blindly say the Rockets. Um That I mean, might be a coin flip for me though. Because like I, I I know, man. I mean, I trust LeBron in the playoffs way more than anyone on the Rockets. What about Lakers Jazz in the first round? Yeah, that ooh, that that would feel like that Thunder Jazz series from two two seasons ago, where it's just mm-hmm. like, oh man, this is the absolute worst matchup mm-hmm. we could have gotten. Or like Warriors we'll, Warriors Lakers in the first round. Yeah. Like one of these combinations that I'm saying out loud is going to happen. And what happens if they get knocked out in the first round? <laughs> I mean, like, what do you do? Like, what do you do as a Lakers fan? What do you do as yeah. a Lakers organization? That's one of those is going to happen. Like there's going to be a team, you know, whether like the, I think the Nuggets will move on, but maybe they don't. Like what if the Nuggets get knocked out in round one? Like what if the Nuggets draw the Warriors and Clay's healthy and they get knocked out in round one? You know, like the, the fun ride of being a Nuggets fan will soon get like very stressful, (laughs) you know, if that happens. It's just going to be crazy. The West playoffs this past year were pretty crazy, but I think it's going to be too. It's going to go up a level this year, just because like there's so many. Like there's not the team. Like we're just everybody kind of was like ah, who kind of like who cares what happens? Just because the Warriors are going to get there anyways. This year yeah. the stakes are high because I I think the Nuggets, the Rockets, the Jazz. The Clippers, the Lakers, like I wouldn't be surprised if any of those teams made the finals. And so that makes this um, to me it makes the stakes even higher. It's gonna be it's gonna be crazy. How long till training camp? Uh, I think we're a little less than a month out. Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh, it's so long. We'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening to our podcast. You can follow me at Andrew K. Schlecht. Follow Alex at Al Baby Cakes. Follow our podcast at Down to Dunk. Leave us a five star iTunes review if you've got some time. We would appreciate that. Hope you guys have a great day, and we'll talk to you guys again on Friday.